Hello, Internet fans, and welcome to another episode of the 3B Podcast with your hosts, Rotten Roger DeMarco, and I brought along Miss Tori Hop. Say hello, Tori Hop. Hello, Tori Hop. Hello. We are back. We are doing another podcast for the Internet masses, all 400 of you. Um... We got a couple of things we want to talk about, but first, I want to let you guys know that this podcast is sponsored by our Teespring web store, which there will be a link in the description. You can get a Rotten Roger shirt. You can get an Evil Dead Inks t-shirt. You can get a Buddies Forever poster. You could get a Popcorn as Fuck t-shirt and be one of the cool kids. This podcast is also brought to you by TheMenBehindTheMasks.com. Me and Evil Dead Inks. We make custom hockey masks. You know why? Because we fucking love Jason. And if you fucking love Jason, but you don't want to drop a crazy amount of money on a hockey mask, come check out what we can do. And maybe, just maybe, we can make you something for your movie room or for your man cave. So that is themenbehindthemasks.com. And now that I've got all of the obligatory buy my stuff and support me shit out of the way, it's time for us to do our podcast. So, Miss Tori Hop. What do you have in store for this episode? Well, the first thing I think we should talk about is the Ted Bundy craze that's going on right now. All right. Um, We both watched the Ted Bundy tapes, and we both saw the trailer for the new... I can never tell you what the order... It's a long title. Wickedly evil, awesome, cool Zac Efron movie. Shockingly vile. (laughs) Yeah, I I had uh, I had issues when I did my trailer reaction, so I just said, the new Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. So I didn't have to... Shockingly evil, wickedly... Extremely wicked, something vile. Either way, it's the Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron, and I did see today in the news that Netflix actually picked up that film. So I don't know if it that means it's not getting a theatrical release, if it's just coming straight to Netflix, or if that means after theatrical run, it goes to Netflix. I'm not sure what that means. I saw that too, but I didn't read the article. So I don't know. I, I know that it was going to get like a small theater run after it got done with festivals. So maybe it's just going to go straight to Netflix after like the handful of theaters. Yeah. But I don't know. But yeah, I think it looks awesome. The biggest criticism that people have with it is that they're romanticizing Ted Bundy. But Uh, I think the what kind of pisses me off about that is, one, they're not romanticizing it. It's from the girlfriend's point of view. It's based on like her book or memoir or something. mm. But two, that's Ted Bundy. Yeah. Ted Bundy was a charming guy. How do you think he got away with all of that shit? Yeah, it was like 36 uh, murders or something like that. He, uh, yeah, and there, I talked about it a little bit in my trailer reaction, that there is a movie from the early 2000s that's called Ted Bundy. And um, for my money, that one is pretty tough to beat. It uh, shows how charismatic he was. It shows um, how little he cared about everyone around him, how much of a sociopath he was, how much of a kleptomaniac he was. He actually stole stuff all the time. And uh, that movie, at least, I mean, this is before I was big into being on the internet or when the internet was still kind of small for me. I don't want to say the internet was small, but uh, uh, I, I never saw any sort of backlash as far as that film goes. But now, you know, you fast forward 15 years or whatever it's been, and it seems like everyone is getting, um, 
their panties in a bunch and they're getting upset, in which I understand that it's a real-life tragedy. He, you know, there are victims, and uh, you can't, you can't uh, make him out to be some type of uh, pop culture icon, although... He in the eighties, he yeah, in the eighties, he he definitely was like um, the serial killer craze of the eighties, and you know everybody knew who he was, and there's countless books about him, and f- obviously now a lot of films, and um, and then with the true crime craze that's been going on, I mean I'm involved in that because I watch Forensic Files and I love my favorite murder, but the, these things like get more publicized and more publicized, and it's not so much. I don't think they're romanticizing him, which is what everyone talks about. I think, one, they cut the trailer to look like that. Mm -hmm. But, two, like I said, it's from the girlfriend's point of view. So, of course, he's going to be a little romanticized. Like, she was in love with him. Right. I Um, just don't understand why people are so upset all of a sudden about this. I I mean, it's it's a sign of the times. We we live in a different time. People... um, find things to be upset about and then they are up you know they they want everyone to see that they are upset it's very similar to in the documentary when he was being put to death and they talk about it in the the miniseries on netflix he's being put to death and some of the people that are out there cheering for him to be put to death are college students that weren't even you know that are far too young to even remember the crimes they just wanted an excuse to party they wanted an excuse to sell screen printed t-shirts and get yeah it was you know. like that way with oj too you know yeah exactly it becomes a spectacle mm-hmm. so of course you're gonna show that and then people are gonna get pissed that it's a spectacle <laughs> but you know i mean uh that's the way it was that's the way it went down and um based on what i gathered from the trailer it seems pretty faithful to the story of Ted Bundy with the escapes and with him representing himself and the relationship he had with Lee or whatever her name was. Um, and just the, yeah, the sneaky stuff that he did and how he was able to keep it under wraps for so long. And I was not on board with Zac Efron until that trailer dropped. And then I went, Whoa, okay. Like, uh, I think I'm going to be surprised, really surprised. I think people, he has the, what I call the Kristen Stewart syndrome, which is he made one slightly shitty, overly glamorized movie, a high school musical. So you don't ever think that he's going to be good in anything else, which right. is what Kristen Stewart has. Kristen Stewart's an amazing actress. Everything she's done past Twilight has been great. Right. But people just go, oh, he's the kid from high school musical. He's not going to do great. And he's been great in everything he's done. I mean, like Charlie St. Cloud is a great movie. It's very sappy and whatever, but he was so good in that. Even like in Baywatch, which was a terrible movie, he was still <laughs> good in that movie. It's, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> the stigma that's attached, you know, and, and that's also, you know, a sign of the times where one meme can snowball and ruin a career. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're seeing it right now with the Super Bowl thing, with the Maroon 5 guy. I know a lot of, you know, I don't even, I don't, I couldn't name two Maroon 5 songs. But it's funny how, like, just out of the blue, people just decide. Like, okay, now everyone is going to shit all over this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a result, um, like someone like Kristen Stewart or Zac Efron, you know, they lose out on acting roles because they are a punchline, they are a meme, or this Maroon 5 fella, yeah. you know, their record sales drop. They have to prove a lot harder that right. they're good at what they do because people are just shitting on them, which is Nickelback, too. I mean, yeah, you yeah. think about it, Nickelback's first album, Silver Side Up, 
totally owned it. Great album. The problem with Nickelback is every album after that sounded like Silver Side Up. Yeah. So they capitalized on it way too hard. <laughs> we, we can agree. We can agree to disagree on the Nickelback thing. Uh, that's a that's a generation gap right there. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's crazy the amount of people that are up in arms about the Ted Bundy thing. Um, I'm gonna approach it like it's just a movie. I will watch it and try to just go along for the ride and have fun and then upon you know the second viewing or the third viewing that's when i'll start getting a little more critical about the actual timeline or things like that that's when the true crime nerd will come out but as far as the first viewing i try to go in like a child i try to just go have fun and see if i laugh see if i cry see if whatever emotions it's trying to evoke it evokes and, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. 100% excited about it. I am very excited. I, when they first announced him as Ted Bundy, I went, yeah, this is going to be good. Right. But I will say this. Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix? Kind of boring. It is, you know, it's, uh, it's not for everyone. Um, it put my wife to sleep every single night. Um, and she's a true crime buff, you know? I mean, just like you. You, you guys grew up together. You're into the same thing. Um... But it would be one of those things where we would put the kids to bed, and then so around eight thirty nine o'clock, it's uh, you know you crack a soda, you sit back, you dim the lights a little bit, and you throw on the Ted Bundy tapes, and um, it just wasn't um, exciting enough to keep her awake. Although it's beautifully like well done, and oh, the, yeah. all the like stock footage of the old stuff from the seventies and the eighties, and then hearing um, it from him. Yeah. Is also really interesting. But when people were like, oh, it's so creepy. Don't watch it alone. I'm like, mm. I didn't find anything creepy about this. And it was mostly information everyone already knew. Yeah, we're we're uh, uh, cut from a different cloth, though. You know, we, we watch forensic files with breakfast or whatever. You know, the Iceman tapes and stuff like that. Or you listen to um, the last podcast on the left, which they did an excellent Ted Bundy episode. Or the, what's the other one that you listen to a lot? The other true crime podcast that you I my favorite murder my favorite murder yeah that you mentioned um and so i think people who are just like like tourists to the um serial killer culture are obviously going to be creeped out they don't know these things about him which i'm not trying to sound like an elitist i don't want to sound like well you didn't know that ted bundy did this you know <laughs> how dare you but um very like People who aren't exposed to it on a regular basis, of course, it's going to shock them and bother them. It's the same thing with a horror movie. If if um, they don't watch horror movies with breakfast, and you know it's not part of their everyday routine, and they just watch horror films in October, of course, something like that, you know, would mm. bother them or whatever. Um, some of us have thicker skin than others, and I think I think that the Ted Bundy tapes is is good. It's well done, but it. It's not exciting, you yeah. know. It's you can listen to it with your eyes closed. You don't necessarily need to see anything. Yeah, they it, really could have turned it into a podcast, and it would have been just as good. Right, because um, it doesn't. It doesn't need a visual. It's kind of something that, like, I feel like if you have Netflix on your computer, you can open that and minimize that window and go about your day and do your work while, and binge through the episodes, audibly. Mm -hmm. um, it, 
like I said, there's nothing wrong with it, though. It does. It looks fantastic and stuff, but it's not visually stimulating. Yeah. If you don't know anything about Ted Bundy or you're interested in the Zac Efron movie and you want to learn more first, like, yeah, 100%. Watch mm-hmm. this. But I just thought it was like, meh. Yeah. It was okay. I'm going to have to uh, do a little segue. Uh, if you have not seen the trailer for the Ted Bundy movie, Shockingly Wicked, whatever, the whatever, whatever, um, <laughs> click the link in the description or just go to the trailer reactions folder on the 3B Production Co. YouTube channel and check out that trailer and check out what I have to say in that video. Little plug there. On the flip side, have you seen the trailer for the new Sharon Tate movie? With Hilary Duff. I saw that they launched the trailer. I have not watched it yet. It looks awful. It looks awful? That's not good. I feel like, I don't think what they say is true in that movie is what is true. I think they took a horrible story and did kind of romanticize it and did make it a lot more than what it was. Because it's not so much about her getting murdered. It's like her being stalked by the Manson family for Mm. like days and then kind of being murdered. And I'm like, I don't think that happened. (laughs) But I'm not. I'm not as versed in Charles Manson. Yeah, I'm definitely not. uh, Definitely not well versed in the Charles Manson uh, cult community lore, all of that stuff. Um, I, I know of the murders. I know of the ranch and all of that stuff and the the music side of everything which is what kind of kick-started the whole yeah. issue and all of that stuff and i've seen a handful of films i've seen the helter skelter uh, made for tv film with the dude from lost as charles manson uh, which dude from lost i couldn't tell you the character name in lost the kind of he's kind of a weaselly squirrely guy it's not a bad film hmm. um but then again, you know, it's not something that's, I mean, it's in my wheelhouse, but it's not in constant rotation. I'm not a big Charles Manson guy. I was more, this sounds terrible of me, I was more into the the serial killer pop. Like, I was into, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, the Ed Gein stuff, the Ted Bundy stuff, the Gacy stuff. Mm. Um, Which, speaking of that, have you seen Mindhunter on Netflix? Because that's a good show. I have not. Yeah, it's, like, the FBI guy, and I don't know how true this is either, but it's about, like, the FBI guy who went and talked to, is Ed Gain the one that killed his mom and then fucked her skull? Um, no, Ed Gain, his mother died, I think, of natural causes, and Well, he... whichever, I can't think of, can't think of whichever, whichever one killed his mom and then fucked her skull. Ooh. Um, <laughs> That's a t-shirt. He, yeah. <laughs> Kill your mom, fuck her skull. Uh, whichever one, he goes and talks to him and interviews him to try to start serial killer profiling, which mm. is kind of how they do it now. But it's a really good show. I see. Have you seen um, My Friend Dahmer? Have you seen that yet? I've seen parts. It, I haven't watched it all the way through. It's very good. Um, it's it's not the movie you expect because I, I feel like you expect murder in that movie. You expect a ton of violence. And what you get is a two-hour film about the backstory of a, you know, a teenage boy and his struggles at home and his struggles in school and the friends that he makes, you know, and just, like, uh, how he felt as a teenager. And it's extremely well done, and it 
uh, does a good job of making you feel sympathetic towards him, but also being like, he need he needs help. He has problems, and um, I I can't recommend that movie enough for people who are into true crime stuff. We'll have to keep watching it. I'm trying to figure out who the killer is on this. <laughs> oh, Kemper, Ed Kemper. Oh, okay. Yeah, he kills his mom and fucks her skull because she said, I haven't been laid since I had you or something. He's like, oh, yeah, and then kills her and then, like, fucks her skull and goes, now you've been laid. And... Hey, you! Yeah, that's a good show. That's, like, something out of, like, a mid-80s slasher movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's some weird business happening there. Um, so, okay, so we covered the Ted Bundy tapes, which, if you have not seen, uh, our endorsement wasn't necessarily a ringing endorsement, but... Um, I do believe it is important and it's worth checking out. So if you haven't done that and uh, you need something to, you know, a couple episodes, kill some time, throw that on, enjoy that. Um, and then we talked about the Ted Bundy film that's coming out. What uh, what else is... Yes, I have my list, but I was trying to think of something else. The Poughkeepsie tapes. Ah, You've that's... seen that, right? Yeah, I have. I need to get that. I think Scream Factory put that on Blu-ray. Um, because it, it was one of those movies that got made, did like the festival circuit and then sat and sat for years and years and years. And, um, I've seen it like through friends, but I don't own it. Like it was one of those things where Mm. I've never seen it, but I want to say that's the movie that the real life he's called the toy box killer is based on. Okay. He would kidnap mostly sex workers or very young teenage girls and would use them as sex slaves, him and his girlfriend and their friends. Sex slaves! Sorry, I just had to do my get out. (laughs) They abduct them, black people, making them as sex slaves as shit. (laughs) Okay. Um, And uh, he would, he had like this basement set up and he would basically like tie them or like strap them to like metal tables and they would use them for their sexual whatevers but when they would wake up after being kidnapped it would be a tape of him playing exactly what he was going to do to them like how they were going to have sex with them he would this is disgusting and this is the part where i stopped listening to the transcripts of the tapes i could get past the whole like we're gonna fuck you it was like him and his wife right it was him and his girlfriend and then all of his friends would sometimes do it yeah they uh i don't mean to cut you off but i think they did a Wicked Attraction episode on ID about it could this be. Fella, fella. But he, the part in the tapes, and I was only maybe a third of the way into the transcripts of these tapes, because they were so graphic in detail of what he was going to do to these girls. He would use a pheromone to get his Rottweiler to have sex with these women. Woo! And he would have viewing parties for all of his friends of where they would just watch this happen. <laughs> That's, uh... It's... And uh, that's the part where I went, that's a little too much for me. (laughs) I think I'm going to take a break. (laughs) I'm going to never read this again. (laughs) But he... I think the Poughkeepsie tapes are loosely based on that. Ah, That he would... Because he had tapes where he would talk about everything he did. Gotcha. But I'm not 100% certain. I could have made that up. (laughs) I will... uh, I'll have to look into that. And if someone knows the answer... Drop a comment and let us know if we are just making things up or if we're on the right track. And if you listen to Nightmare on Film Street, 
I think, because they're Canadian, they say Poughkeepsie really weird. And every time they would say it, it would piss me off. Because I'm like, you're saying it wrong. You're saying that weird. Oh. Um, I'm going to do an ad read. All right. And I wrote this a very long time ago, so sorry if it sucks. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the men behind the masks. The men behind the masks painstakingly create movie replica Friday the 13th masks that any creator, collector, not creator, would love. Want something custom? Maybe a mask based on your favorite sports team? Love the New York Jets? I don't know why you would, but maybe you do. They also specialize in custom masks. Interested? You can check out their work and send them a message at facebook.com slash men behind the masks. And, uh... Thanks for Dustin for allowing me to write that and putting that in here. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Twilight Zone? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, we're not Super Bowl people. We are not football people. But the world... We're not even on cable people. <laughs> we are not. But the world was abuzz with the Jordan Peele teaser trailer that they dropped for the new Twilight Zone. Um, across the internet, everywhere from bloody disgusting, arrow in the head, um, every site is covering this. Uh, we're no different. We are, we're just as in the dark as those websites, but we are just as excited. I am freaking out about this. I need this to happen now. I want to watch it now. It is coming up, isn't it? April? Yeah, I, th- I think it's April, uh, I want to say 9th, Some, something like that. Um, I don't like that it's under a paywall. Yeah, that's that's the issue that we're having here. Um, like you said, neither of us are cable, um, cable watchers. We have no cable. Um, when you have a movie collection as large as mine, it's, uh, it's tough to want to pay for cable when I don't watch sitcoms, I don't watch silly stuff that's on tv so um for this to be it's like it's a cbs app or something right it's, it's CBS, the cbs all access app all which access. they have quite a few shows on there that are only all access that are actually really big shows and i think that was them trying to get people to do their thing i don't know if you have cable and you log into cbs on demand if it would work the same way or if you have to actually subscribe to cbs all access right I'm not sure. Maybe that was like, is that like their way to try and compete with Netflix and have like, you know, their own original type thing? Yeah, their own original programming and things like that, which could kill the series right out the gate, you know? Um, And that's a scary thing because we talked about it in the last podcast where we talked about um, the 2000s Twilight Zone. And it didn't last very long. Maybe one, maybe three seasons at best off the top of my head. I could not tell you. But um, if this is to where people have to have some sort of subscription to watch it, I could see the uh, ratings not being like through the roof. So this could potentially shoot this series in the foot which is something i do not want to happen because i want twilight zone to live on forever i want jordan peele to get a chance to direct a handful of episodes i want to see new directors do things um i just think you know twilight zone is just horror enough and just classy enough 
that you know it's not a splatter series or anything like that it's not tales from the crypt but it always does kind of come around and that last like five minutes of each episode kind of gets you with the uh the old one two the old haha gotcha type of thing at the end of those episodes so there's just something about twilight zone and the class that that series has always had through every um, reincarnation. It's always had a little bit of class, a little bit more than, say, like a Tales from the Dark Side or a Tales from the Hood. You know, it doesn't rely on gratuitous violence. It doesn't rely on nudity or, you know, gross-out factors. It's it's storytelling, suspenseful storytelling that can cross into horror, can be science fiction, and um, I, I love that series, and God, I hope CBS knows what they're doing. Apparently, because I'm Googling, um, CBS All Access, you have to have a subscription for it. If you have CBS on your cable, you cannot access it. Mm. If you, I don't know how much it costs because it only says free trial. But if you have Amazon Prime, you can get it for $9.99 a month with no commercials or $5.99 a month with limited commercials. Mm. I have Amazon Prime, but I, I don't... I feel like those things should be free with Amazon Prime. We already pay 100 bucks a year. Yeah. Give us things like that for uh, free. See, I have Amazon Prime, and I subscribe to... Shudder. ...through Amazon Prime. Um, and I believe it's something like $4 a month to gain access to their library. Um, but then again, you know, if you start doing that, you, you start adding up all these costs and then it becomes as expensive if not more expensive than having cable like you said a hundred dollars a year for amazon prime um i pay you know four or five dollars a month for shutter um so then if you are a you know if you're a fight fan and you get like the ufc fight pass that's ten dollars a month so that's another 15 you know or you're a hundred dollars a year but fifteen dollars a month for those two channels and it's the same Every channel you tack on is an additional um, handful of dollars. So um, that can be that can be dangerous. That can be a slippery slope. Now it always seems like Hulu gets access to that stuff, and and yeah. you know you pay for Hulu and then you you have access to all of those different channel things. But I don't. You know. do, but I don't. Since this is an all access exclusive, I don't know if that means. That you can watch it through Hulu. Right. I know that um, right now with Hulu, um, you do, like, every week there'll be, like, the newest episode of something. So it doesn't necessarily have, like, a back catalog. Like, if you were to watch The Simpsons, you know, it doesn't have, like, every episode of Simpsons ever, but it'll have, like, two weeks out. Like, the last two weeks of episodes or something like that. Yeah, sometimes it's, like really far behind but sometimes it's also like the next day right but now hulu has the whole they have live tv options too so you can pay more and watch cbs shows or whatever shows the same time they air mm. but then they also have now limited to no commercial plans too but according to this website you can get cbs all access for 5.99 a month or you can get the commercial free option for 9.95 mm. or 9.99 a month it's just those two... So $6 a month really isn't that bad if you want to watch Twilight Zone, because then you could just cancel when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just those uh, those two little words, you know, pay more. Yeah, that, exactly. That, um, that really kind of stick it to you. Um, but 
I don't want to make this about money. Uh, I just, I, I want to watch this series and I don't want roadblocks in my way is, is basically what I'm getting at. And I, and I don't want said roadblocks to deter a potential audience because I feel like if it deters me, it will deter people oh, yeah, like me. definitely, and that could stop it. And I don't ever want it to stop. <laughs> and what's the point of paying for Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Shutter, things like that, when it's like when I can't get it and I just have to buy one more thing? Right. You know, I have Hulu where I can watch CBS shows. Why not just throw in CBS All Access in there? Exactly. Like, why not? We're already paying for something. I know this way CBS gets all the money versus having to share some with Hulu, but I'm not going to spend $6 a month extra just to watch one show because CBS doesn't have that many good shows. Right. <laughs> Sorry, CBS. You don't sponsor us, so uh, you don't have that many good shows. Um, yeah, I'm worried about that. Um, I'm genuinely nervous about the longevity of the Twilight Zone, if that's the route that they're going to take. But, I mean, I understand that, you know, times are changing and all of these companies are trying to do these um, internet channels or these, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just, it makes me nervous, you know. We're, well, you're not necessarily a physical media person. I am a physical media person, so... Um, just having things just floating around out there and hidden costs and things like that bother me. So I I'll, I guess I'll probably just wait until season one comes out on Blu-ray. And that is not... And hopefully it does. Yeah, and that's not <laughs> what I wanted. I did not want it to drift into that. I mean, because certain like Netflix originals or whatever... Um, I don't know of any, or are there Netflix originals that have been released on Blu-ray or DVD? Like Stranger are, Things. Str oh yeah, Stranger Things is like their big. I think Stranger Things. <laughs> um, I know it has because I've seen it at Target. I don't know if there are other ones have. Yeah, and that's because I'm well, Castlevania might have. Yeah, but that's it's so weird to me. It's like they can hold it hostage, you know, and then you know, let's say, which I talk about this all the time with digital media um let's say 20 years down the road netflix folds caves in or whatever then like what if you were a you know those marvel shows were you know you loved them and now you can't access them they are mm -hmm. they are just gone like that's a weird thing to even think about like i wonder if does daredevil have dvds and blu-rays and stuff i'm not sure um because, like you said, I'm not a I'm not a physical media person, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I for sure am a physical media person. I, you know, that way, no movie company can. You can. It is there on. It is a DVD or a. You can get DVD and Blu-ray on Amazon. Nice, nice. That's good. That's uh, yeah. Because I was, I was. But definitely not their smaller shows. I would. Yeah, think. not not yet. Um, but unless I guess there is enough demand, maybe. Right. Um, so, uh, all right. So what else is on the agenda for today's episode? Um, I just wanted to briefly touch on scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, yeah. I'm... Which growing up, 
I loved those books. And so when I saw the couple teasers they did where it was like the chick where the who took my big toe, the lady mm-hmm. in white, and then the bug bite one mm-hmm. where there were spiders in her face. Right. Those were the ones that played during the Super Bowl. I they looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it looks awesome. I'm gonna butcher his name, Guillermo del Toro. I uh, think you did it better than I did. <laughs> is uh you know, he's hit or miss for me. I understand that he has a giant following. Um, so I don't want to say anything overly negative about him. Um, some of the stuff is really pretty, but just doesn't deliver um, what I wanted to deliver. We talked about it in the last episode where I talked about Shape of Water, how it missed a lot of the mark for me. Um, but I think that these are pretty straightforward. You know, these are... Yeah. Two, two page at the most and big print, very short stories. So it could almost be like a an uh, ABCs of Death style anthology with all of these stories told by him. That's what I was wondering is how is he connecting all of these stories into one or is he doing a more like trick or treat style where they're going to be told separately but kind of all coincide together? Yeah, I'm not sure of the actual format how they're gonna piece it all together in the movie but i'm interested to see um if it does in fact have a wraparound story and it's like you know a group of kids reading these stories at a sleepover or something like that um something simple that gives you like a handful of 12 year old kids that you can identify with kind of capture you know uh capitalize on that like uh it feeling how you have like a group of kids that you can relate to and then throw these stories in there and then have the actual wraparound story be a scary story at the end, you know, yeah. like something scary gets. And is he going to do all the stories kind of a little bit here and there, or is he going to do just like the biggest ones or the major ones? The only one I remember honestly from the books, I mean, I remember the imagery, but the mm-hmm. story wise and I don't remember if this was the first book or the second or third, but it was the one where this guy is in a hotel room and he's playing guitar mm-hmm. and he's like the bloody fingers and then like chill man, get yourself a bandaid. It wasn't scary. It was funny. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want that to be in there. Somewhere. It probably, it probably will be. <laughs> Cause that's hilarious to me. <laughs> um, and that's, I bet you what, what they will do, um, is try not to, uh, blow their wad too quickly. I feel like what they'll do is pick, like you said, a handful pick, uh, 10, 12 of these two-page stories and give them a nice wraparound and see how the box office goes and then plot and scheme on two and three and, you know. I think because it's books from our childhood, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. That I think that they pretty much have it on lockdown that everyone's going to love it. Yeah. But like you said, he's kind of hit or miss because... Didn't he do Crimson Peak? He did, and you are not a Crimson Peak fan. No, I thought it was terrible. There are things... I love Tom Hiddleston, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. There are things about Crimson Peak that I really like, and then there are things about it that... Uh, the ending was awful. ...that just bother me, and... Um, but it's beautiful. That's one thing oh, that I was yeah, say, about, uh, say about um, him and the team that he always surrounds himself with is that his, you know, one frame from his movies they they speak 
louder than the movie ever could just one frame and so i think that he is the right choice as far as a director to take those um like really gnarly ink drawings and and put them on a screen but him capturing the substance and him capturing the the dark humor that is involved in all those stories i mean they're scary but they are they are just funny enough you know it's going to be it's a kid's book yeah you know it has to be sort of funny right it's it's gonna be a horror comedy and if he misses the mark on the comedy that could that could be yeah bad that could be really bad um because it's got to be silly um and it's you know got to be it'll end up being like a rite of passage film like right now it is a rite of passage film you show that to like a a 12 year old 13 year old you know obviously we all grew up on the original it so we were the built-in audience but if you have children you know then you're showing this to a younger child and it becomes like because everybody talked about it like you couldn't go you couldn't turn on the tv you couldn't open up an internet browser without some sort of ad for it yeah you know they really pushed it if you go to our uh, instagram page and scroll back a couple months instagram.com slash three boob production co i posted the commercial teasing the second half of it from the 90s mm-hmm. a long time ago probably november ish maybe and it, and it was it was super hyped because people well one it was tim curry but right two stephen king and now like the new it i didn't like it <laughs> I, I i liked it um i didn't think i was going to because i thought i was I was going to watch it with, you know, like uh, nostalgia colored glasses. I was just going to be like, well, the other one was did this or the other one did this or in the book they did this. Um, but in the book they fucked each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but instead I just did, you know, like I oh, I love to say, like I watched it like a nine-year-old. I watched it like a ten-year-old. You know, I had a bucket of popcorn, a giant fucking soda that was way too big for me. And I laughed when I was supposed to laugh and I, I, I didn't get scared. But no. I, I saw what would make it scary. You know, I saw that it was going to work for this generation yeah. of, of younger kids. I just found Pennywise to be lackluster and annoying. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's... And I have nothing against whichever Skarsgård, because there's 19 of them. Bill Skarsgård? Bill. Um, I have nothing against him, because I love him in Castle Rock. I just was like, I wanted it to be more, I guess I was just comparing it more to Tim Curry. I wanted right. it to be more funny. I wanted mm-hmm. him to still like all of a sudden just change me like, ooh, now I'm scary. Mm-hmm. I didn't find that with him. I found him more like a play thing that the kids were just like scared of and he never really affected me. I was like, the movie when you didn't see Pennywise was great. I just didn't like Pennywise. Right. right. I've heard that from a handful of people as well that the all the stuff with the kids and, you know, the the coming of age story that's involved in that movie is the best part of that movie. And that's, you know, that's testament to Stephen King's writing mm-hmm. and um, the directing in the film because every single kid that's in that movie, there's a piece of them that you can relate to. So you're not just relating to, like when you watch a slasher film and everyone is a cookie cutter, you know, a jock, a slut or whatever, and you kind of pick through this hodgepodge of not fully realized characters and you go, okay, well, I would identify with this one the most, I guess. When you watch It, 
um, you can identify with all of those kids. And the, the fact that Pennywise is the weakest <laughs> part of the story is, is kind of disappointing. Cause yeah. you know, you, you want like, you have such a good dynamic between all the characters. You want the scares to really knock it out of the yeah. park. But I can see why people love it. I mm-hmm. mean, it wasn't a bad movie. I just wasn't as impressed with it. Um, I always talk about how the first time I saw the first one, I borrowed it from Megan's mom Mm because she's a huge Stephen King fan. And I must have just grabbed the first VHS and didn't know that there was a second one. (laughs) So I literally for years thought the movie ended at the end of the first VHS and that there was nothing else. With the dude killing himself? That's just what I thought. I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was like why are people interested in this? I don't understand. And then it was like years later when I was watching it again, like it was on TV or something. And I was like, oh, there's more. (laughs) I never knew there was more. Flip the disc or or put the second cassette in. Or grab the second one so you know there's two. Even even my DVD, it, it feels very much like that old VHS because it's like you have to flip the disc. That's they, cool though. They can they could literally fit it all on one side of the disc, but it's like side two. Yeah, so. you want you want to feel like that. Like if they did that with Titanic on DVD, that'd be cool because Titanic was two VHS mm-hmm. tapes. Yeah, I remember that. That you could like you would have to flip it when the VHS would have stopped. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been very nostalgic. I would have mm-hmm. loved that. Maybe they will put out an an edition like that where you do have to flip it. And then you get like a little plastic heart of the ocean or whatever <laughs> necklace and i thought you were gonna it. say a, i thought you were gonna say a plastic broken in half titanic and i was gonna say that's <laughs> that's in terrible no. taste <laughs> i was talking about the necklace and then you could go throw it in the nishnabatna <laughs> <laughs> where all the dead bodies are <laughs> on that note i'm gonna do another ad read all right what this, do you got this episode is brought to you by the 3b production co merch store looking mm-hmm. to make your wardrobe popcorn as fuck well we've got you covered literally We've got t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and much more coming. You can check it out at teespring.com slash stores slash 3B Production Co. You have to put hyphens in there. So 3B hyphen production hyphen co. You can also find the link on our website at 3Bproductionco.com. And also the link will be in the description of this video. Of course. Or podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if you are looking to wear a cute cartoon version of me, um, not only would I be extremely flattered, but you would probably be the most handsome person on the block if you were rocking that shirt. Um, <laughs> so you should do that and throw a little coin our way as well. Um, enough of the yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing, cause we are running a little longer than I was hoping is, um, a great movie called What We Do in the Shadows, which Dustin has not watched yet. Even I am though I in keep the dark. What we, do, what we do in the shadows is not watch <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows. Um, FX on March 27th has a TV show where they're now in America because it takes place in New Zealand, I think, in the movie. And it's still, God, if I could pronounce his name, Tiki Kwakand, the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. Um, ah. He's... Uh, he is in the movie. He wrote it with the guy from Flight of the Concords, who's also in Moana. He's the shiny crab guy. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, I no. don't know. <laughs> Clement. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, watch the show because the movie's great, and I'm hoping the show is just as good. <laughs> I'm sure it will be, even though I haven't seen the movie. So. Oh, it's so good. You're going to love it. 
I need to check that out. So, uh, I suppose, on that note, we should probably get going because, uh, after all, there's a lot of movies out there and somebody's got to watch them. So why not us, right? <laughs>